The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Hour number two, 713-780. ESPN your number, 713-780-3776. You can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz, click like, you're good to go. There's also Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at uh, the Josh, Josh Innes Show, not the yes. Uh, at Aaron is Blitz, at Degenerates975. You can text the show. You know the number for that. You can also watch us on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. And uh, you missed the first hour. You missed happy hour. So we will try to uh, transition to an actual show. Uh, I don't want to interrupt you, but they got highlights of the Patriots game. There were pa- the, the Patriots are like Texas. At the beginning of that game, all like Joe Buck and these guys are like, Patriots are back, man. They're 6-6. Six and six and Look out. They're playing great. And they showed their per-game stats over the last four games, ignoring the fact they had 45 points last week, most of which were defensive and special teams. They're back. They're back. Then they get smoked. The Patriots stink. They're like Texas. They beat a bad team, and then they're back. Then they lose to a good team. Sorry, that was on the TV. I did not mean to interrupt you. This is not my program. I'm sorry. I was just, I'm all geeked up now. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew, and I'm ready to go. Sorry. Well, you just got... Uh, that treat yourself like it's your program. I, I don't it, want. To, I don't. I'm not. I, I don't want to tick anybody off or anything. No, no. no. Well, first off, who cares? Okay. Well, I just, again, I'm just. I'm. This isn't my show, so I don't want to be rude and, 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 and impose. No, oh, you be you. Don't 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 come in here and like I'm, I better defer because. Well, well, no, I'm not, not going to do that. Listen, I, naturally, I can't. Do okay, that. then. Okay, then don't worry but, about. I mean, it. I'm watching that last night, and it's like, look out! They're six and six, and they got them playing well. Cam Newton blows. He's trash. Right. He's not good. He's not even remotely good. Right? Like, is that unfair to say? There's nothing about Cam Newton that's a good quarterback. He stinks. And if he, if, if Cam Newton, if we looked at Cam Newton and he was Josh Rosen, we'd all feel comfortable saying that he stinks. Like, hey, look, there's Josh Rosen. He stinks. But Cam Newton, people just can't acknowledge he stinks. His prop bet for over under passing yards every week is like 160 yards. He stinks. And maybe Belichick stinks without uh, Brady. Maybe that's just reality of it. Maybe Brady isn't that great without him either. Maybe they should get back together. Eh, Maybe that's the answer. I, I think it's more interested, more interesting that you split them up. To me, it's like David Lee Roth leaving Van Halen. Well, yeah, because they start, got better with Sammy Hagar. That's yeah. what happened. Let's be real, because Hagar is a god. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, they, that team was so bad last night, and I, I wound up clicking the under for a little bit just for rooting interest. And well, you hit it eh, <laughs> pretty easy, right? Damn near the Rams. Damn near did it on their own, though. So and, and but they're just so bad. And at some point, someone like they're not going to make the playoffs. I know they got a shot, but just put in Stidham and see what he can. Well, do they did. The he didn't no, do they put him in for the rest of the, the year. Cam stinks. He's just not a good player, man. And you can say, well, he didn't have any weapons. He can't throw. He's not good. Hey, he he completed a pass last night. I saw it. Good for him. You know what? You know what? B- big ups. Big ups to Jesus. To the Blessings. Rams, he did. Yeah, he did. It yeah. went 80 yards the other way for a touchdown. Hey, you know what? Look, I, I think you're judging him too harshly. Why? Uh, but he got the ball to a receiver just because it wasn't his? <laughs> Come on, man. 
He went the other way. Hey, I he mean, threw a touchdown. Do you remember the days when Cam would was one of the fastest SOBs out there on the field? So if that interception happened, he probably would have gotten close enough to catch him. He got kind of close and was like, "Yeah, there's three of them and one of me. Uh, I'll live to fight another." I don't, day. I don't know. I don't know that he was ever that fast. He was just always he quick off the line and big and hard to bring down, like a like a, a faster Roethlisberger. I, I got uh, a hot take for you guys. Yeah. My man, Mormon Vic, or as he's known in Baton Rouge, is Vanilla Vic. Uh, Vanilla Vic, who is the quarterback of the Saints, right? Taysom Hill, better quarterback than Cam Newton, who's won an MVP. And I'll give you one even better. Vanilla Vic and uh, Lamar Jackson, wash, wash. I think they're both about the same player. Bam, there's a hot take for you. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Vanilla Vic and Lamar Jackson. If, if, if Vanilla Vic played 16 games... I guarantee you their numbers would look pretty much identical at the end of the year. One guy's an MVP, and everybody makes excuses for the fact that he throws for 120 yards a game. One dude is a 30-year-old dude that was on a Mormon mission and is a backup and is never going to be anything. They're the same player. How about that? What are your thoughts on uh, Vanilla Vic? Um, I, I think uh, let's let's see and how. he's not good, by the way. That's a knock on Lamar. That's not a compliment well, Lamar, to him. Lamar's not having a good season. He's nowhere near where he was last year. Uh, but uh, I, I need to see a bigger uh, – I need to see more out of Taysom Hill, more games, and, and see how he adjusts as teams start adjusting to him. Well, here's uh, the but thing so of, far, I mean, he's been okay. Well, and they're not going to count on him to win the Super Bowl for him, and they're not going to count on him next year, I don't believe. He's not going to be a viable NFL quarterback, I don't believe. But it, that's, the not, that's, to me, the knock on Lamar. You look at Lamar and you go, okay, every game he can throw for 150, run for 80, and if it's a lucky day where he doesn't turn the ball over, maybe they win, maybe they lose – that's all Taysom Hill's doing. Taysom's throwing for about a 240, 230. The Denver game doesn't count because they went out to not throw. They were just like, hey, let's survive this game and not turn it over. They're the same dude. One's white, one's black, one's a little bit faster. Lamar's got a better arm, I think, than Taysom. He underthrows a lot of guys. But statistically, at the end of the day, they're both basically the same dude. I would say this year, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Taysom is capable of the year Lamar had last year. Oh, I agree with that, but I don't know if Lamar is capable. I, I don't know that he is either. Well, because you said that you know that, that Taysom wants people to figure him out. I think people have figured Lamar out. And he, he'll have a couple days like that game on, was it Tuesday, they played the Cowboys. They play a bad team, the worst defense in the league. Runs for a 50-yard touchdown, throws a ball for a touchdown. You play the Steelers, you do nothing. You play, will you play, I guarantee if they played the Saints, he would do nothing. Good defenses in the league will figure him well, out. They, he'll they, do nothing. Well, they didn't have him for the Steelers game. Well, I know that. The first, I'm talking about the initial Steelers game, right? He played for the initial one. Yeah, he had, he had a really good first half and a crappy second half. Point being that if you, and I don't think the Steelers are that great defensively either, and they're beat up now defensively as well, right? So I just don't think they're that good. But when I look at Lamar, I, like he had a good year. A lot of guys have a good year. They have a moment where you're like, wow. But when you have a niche and he has a niche, he's not a drop back quarterback. He is a niche player. People can kind of figure that out, right? They can kind of figure a, a dude out. And I think people have figured Lamar out. Coaches have figured him out. I get that about Taysom. I agree with you. Next year, he'd probably stink. Two weeks from now, he might stink this week against the Eagles. They have a good defensive front. Maybe he'll struggle against them. I don't know. But Lamar, I think, has peaked. Would you agree that Lamar has peaked? I, I, I don't know that he'll ever do what he did last year, but I think he can be better than this year. And it, it, to me, it comes down to, uh, and, and this is a lot of guys, like, okay, obviously they adjusted to what he was doing. They're trying to force him up the middle more and, and or force him outside more. And the, the Ravens did a really good job of getting him in positions to where he could have more time to throw the football. They worked on his accuracy. All that worked great last year. Defenses have adjusted. They'll have to adjust to that. We haven't seen it yet. 
Um, and what what he did last year, boy, when you go thirteen and three, I mean, he just brought a, a totally different element that nobody was prepared for. Kind of like the Wildcat when the Dolphins did it. Nobody yeah. knew what the hell was going on. Well, once you figure it out, now you have to adjust. And and I I I don't know if I I don't know that his adjustments will ever get him back to where he was. Just like I don't know that Deshaun Watson will ever be what he was the first six games he played. But um, I think he could be a lot better than what he is right now. And if he isn't, then they they got some problems. See, I think people hear me talk about Hill and they go, "Oh, you say that because you're a Saints fan." I don't believe Taysom Hill is a viable NFL quarterback at all. Like, by next year, he's nothing. And I, I, I don't think Sean Payton believes that he's that. I think Sean Payton's one of the most arrogant coaches in the league and is kind of forcing this Hill experiment because they gave him the money and he wants to show you how smart he is. I am in no way telling you Taysom Hill is a rock star. This is all just a point to show you that even a guy who I don't think is a viable NFL starter like uh, Taysom Hill can do exactly what Lamar Jackson does is the only point I'm trying to convey with that. I'm not telling anybody to go sign Taysom Hill. I'm certainly not. Because Taysom Hill is not going to be an NFL quarterback long-term. Don't buy it. I, I, I mean, this season, yeah. But I, I don't think uh, – my, my point is I don't think Taysom Hill's capable of the year that Lamar Jackson had last year. Agreed. On, on his best oh, year. Oh, totally agree. 100%. But I don't so. think Lamar is capable of that ever again, either even close. Well, and, and it, you know, it's funny because as great as Mahomes is, he, he hasn't been close to his MVP year, even last year. I mean – you got to throw 51 touchdown passes in a season or 50, whatever it was. Uh, there's a good chance you never do that again. I agree. And he may not, he may never have those regular season numbers again. But he can do a lot of the same stuff he did last but, year. Numbers are all situational as well. You might have a game where you throw for 500 yards and it elevates your numbers higher than they would have been if you have two. Because also, people don't realize this. Mahomes wins a lot of games throwing for 200 yards. He wins in a bunch of different ways. You know well, what I'm because, saying? because the Chiefs have... Uh, an offense that can win running the football and uh, it, it correct basically Andy Reid adjusts to whatever the other team's doing and then beats the tar out of him. It's amazing how the Andy Reid thing worked out because when I got to Philly in fourteen, they had just fired him a year before, and Chip Kelly had just won ten games, and everybody was all about Chip Kelly. And I understood why they got rid of Reid. Sometimes good coaches just it runs out in a particular place, right? That just happens. But like everyone was like, "Oh, Andy Reid, he's done. He's just no good." Now he's done. He's gone to Kansas City and won a bunch of games with Alex Smith. Now he's, you know, Mahomes is the greatest player in the league. Like, you could argue, and Belichick's the greatest coach, obviously. I mean, Andy Reid's the second best coach of the last 30 years, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's yeah, we, we've, anybody else. We've had that conversation before. It, it's, it's really tough to find somebody else that you can say. I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a box of guys that have that one Super Bowl win, but if you just want to go year to year consistently good probably got to be Andy Reid. I'd take Andy Reid over him. I would take Andy Reid. Obviously, Belichick is by himself. Let's just take him out. Uh, Sean Payton, I think, falls in there. He's had some seven and nines, obviously. But I think Sean Payton's very, very good. Harba- Harbaugh's in there. Uh, Harbaugh's in there. Pete and Carroll's I, in there. Uh, uh, Pete Carroll would be the one guy that I, I would try to make an argument for, I think. Uh, Mike Tomlin would have to be in there. You can argue whether or not Mike Tomlin's as good a coach. Like I don't think Mike Tomlin is the brains of the operation, like, say, Sean Payton, who has his own unique offense. But, I mean, you look at, I mean, how good of a coach is is, um, you know, is our boy up in Baltimore, right? Like, how, how good of a coach are you? It's not like he's got some innovative offense he's bringing in, right? Harbaugh's no, not but, bringing well, in his, his own innovative scheme. His strength is he hires great coordinators. Which is fine, but he was, a, he was what, a special teams guy for Andy Reid in Philadelphia? Yeah, but that was, uh, he was more of a defensive guy. That was just the job they had available, and he wanted to 
get some experience because a lot of people thought he was going to be a great head coach. So um, it it was a little bit different path, but he was also involved in a lot more things. And um, so we, uh, yeah, well, there's a couple things on Twitch I want to get to. We'll do it on a break. Don't go anywhere. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and uh, 92.5. You're listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Hey guys, it's AJ Hoffman. It's fall and we could all use a little awesome. Well, our friends at Bespoke Post has brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. Who wouldn't want awesome stuff sent to them every month, right? It's like Christmas on your doorstep. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them to pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BLITZ at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, promo code BLITZ for 20% off your first box. Listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Josh is filling in for AJ today. What's funny? Um, on Twitch, Bob underscore Sugar show lost weight. Did Clint Sterner quit? <laughs> well played. <laughs> Uh, I get mad when I watch at the weight loss of this damn show because I weigh more than he does considerably more now. But I look at his pictures and his side boobies are like down to his waist. So he's still fatter than me. But I get mad because I'm like, I want to lose weight, but I don't feel like putting. Isn't he also only like five, five? That's the other thing. I'm like six foot three and weigh more than he does. I carry my weight better than some better than Marcus. I uh, I carry my weight better than Marcus. Other than that, maybe I don't carry my weight as well as I think I do. Hmm. But I am fat. Thank you. Uh, just looking at uh, Twitter here, Mark Berman just tweeted out college football sources, Texas bowl, December 31st, NRG stadium at 7 PM, likely to be played before fans crowd size expected to be limited to about 12 K, which is about what would go anyway. Yeah. No one cares. So I actually went to that game last year. I was at last year. I went, what year did Washington state play U of H? Did, they, did U of H play? No, no that no. was that was just that a was regular the, season game. Uh, kick, yeah, the kickoff class. Ah, okay, so I went to that game with Salisbury because Salisbury's like buddies with uh, with the Pirate. So like we go down and get the tickets, and the Pirate left us hats and T-shirts and stuff. So we're like, "Hey, go go Wazoo!" Here we are. But yes, I've never actually been to the Texas Bowl because it's a waste of time. I think the last time I went, it was Aggie and Northwestern. 
That doesn't sound the, the, like fun at and, all. And there was a guy sitting in front of me, a Northwestern dude with a monkey on his back, and I had no ideas because I hadn't won a bowl game since I, before I was born. And you didn't care because it's Northwestern. And, yeah, and, and any weirdo wearing a monkey on his back, uh, well, I'm, you know, I, I want whatever he's smoking. I refuse to go to the Texas Bowl only because of the guy who does the radio commercials for it, who sounds like Clint Sturner. Roger Crager. Is that who, that's Roger Crager that's Roger who does Crager. those? Yep. Well, I hate his voice when he talks because it's like it's almost deliberately Texas sounding like, hey, y'all, come but on out. That's his te- natural voice if you ever c- talk to him. Come on out to the Texas Bowl, Bubba. I'm like, I don't want to go to that. You know who else? Uh, what's the uh, Pat uh, Green? No, not Pat Green. Who's the, uh, one of the other Texas? Uh, Corey Morrow, Kevin Fowler. There's another guy I'm thinking of. Who Jack used, Ingram. Jack Ingram. Jack Ingram, when I lived in Baton Rouge, used to do the uh, the imaging for the country station that my dad worked on. I never knew who this guy was. But it was annoying because it was like, hey, man, 101.5 WYNK. It's like getting a new set of tires on your pickup truck. I'm like, okay. So Crager used to, before they changed the intro at A&M, if you've been to an Aggie game, they had this big video montage. He used to do the voice of that. I don't know if he still does it because they've changed it since the last Aggie game I went to, and they changed it to like a UFC slash hip-hop intro. Yep. Uh, He also voices the Houston Boat Show commercials. He voices all the Advocare Texas kickoff Which and I, the Texas I, and, Bowl and commercial. That's why I hate him. I hate him because of those. Hey, come on out and see the BYU Cougars. I'm like, oh. It's almost like, I know, I guess that's his voice. That, that really is his voice. But it's like you're just, like someone said, all right, sound like someone from Texas. Like, hey, Bubba, come on out and see the BYU Cougars. Take on the Cow Bears. I'm like, no, not going to do that, actually. I'm not interested in that because your voice annoys me too much. It's shrill is what it is, and I can't handle it. I did like Pat Green, though, but only because he had that one crossover, like a hit that was made, the wave on wave. What a home, I got no direction. It's not a bad song. I'm just not big on con- Texas country. Sorry. I'm not big on Texas country uh, as much as Texas people are big on Texas country. Now, there are big stars that have come from Texas. George Strait. George Strait's the king. He's boring as hell in concert. But he's the king, right? Like, I like George Strait. There are a bunch of people from Texas that are great. But those guys who fall into the Texas country category, not into them. So I'm looking at this. So it was 2011 was the Aggie Northwestern game. So it's and But I, I did go the next year because in 2012, Texas Tech played Minnesota. And that was the time we were outside broadcasting from there. And this is when it was the Meineke Car Care Bowl. Mm-hmm. And AJ pissed off every Texas Tech woman by saying Texas Tech is the college that all the hot dumb girls go to. That's and actually a compliment. I he remember said you're hot. that. He said you're hot. And, and some girl was trying to get her boyfriend to fight AJ for saying that. And to to be fair, the Minnesota people are all laughing like it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. And I have to say, the women from Minnesota at that particular game not uh, not very comparable. But, uh, yeah, that's what we did. So We were at the Super Bowl a couple years ago when it was in Minnesota. Not attractive people there, which is fine. Uh, I lived in Philly. Not attractive women there at all either. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying that you're hot. Like, I don't understand why that's an insult. Like, you call someone ugly, like I just said about Philadelphia women, that's not nice. If someone calls you attractive, that shouldn't be threatening. 
and it shouldn't be a crime. Like that's good. You're attractive, right? There's, there's no, there's no. Right. If, if you're that. a hot woman, you don't need to be smart. Let's be honest. You don't. Life is set for you. There's nothing to get like being a a, a good looking woman. Like I'm from Louisiana. You know how many good looking women married some doctor. You know the kind of guy who they take their family pictures. He's wearing a Columbia vest over like a flannel shirt. And he's on one knee, and the dog is right here, and his hot wife, like Bethany, is over here. Like, trust me, she wasn't looking to go get an education. She's like, I'm fine here with Dr. Bob, and everything's fine. Like, but people judge people so much, because you know who judges pretty women? Ugly women. That's just the facts. There's no man out there who's like, let me tell you that that chick on ESPN only got that job because she's pretty. No, we know. It's ugly women who are like, Pretty woman, got. I'm better at that, but she's just pretty. Well, get prettier. There's nothing wrong with that. Go get prettier. Uh, so I think Ramona Shelburne's pretty hot. No, you don't, and that's okay. And that's <laughs> he okay. He says that because everybody says that uh, that he, he looks, looks like, like Ramona Shelburne. <laughs> just like he thinks bit. Doug Marone is the most handsome. Doug, yeah, Doug Marone, <laughs> handsome man. Hey, you take what you can get, okay? And. <laughs> If, if that's what I'm going to look like, then those are the people I'm going to say, hey, you know what? They're not half bad. They're not uh, all bad. They're maybe half bad. Okay, but that's okay. Uh, uh, when so I was it, at UTSA, we used to get discount tickets for the Valero Alamo Bowl oh because God. that was where UTSA kicked off their years, and I was there the first two years of a football program. What's it, who's you the coach get, at UTSA? Was it, what's his name from Miami? Larry Coker. Coker. Coker, yeah. So you could get, like, fifth row seats for $10 as a student, so... I would buy up like eight seats and then sell them to whatever school's alumni were going to that bowl game. And the first year I, I bought, I think, six seats maybe for 60 bucks and sold each one of them for 200 and something bucks to some Baylor grads. You rule. You're a hustler. That was the only way are. I paid my rent. You are a hustler, friend. The, the, the Alamo Bowl was a big time of year for you. That was your money-making time. He's, Literally. He's I totally demoned like, from fast times. <laughs> he's like... What, what do you, no, I don't have any Blue Oyster Cult. I just ate 40 pairs last week. <laughs> hey, do you, uh, hey, let me get the uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire for Jefferson and Little Brother. All right. <laughs> Damone is actually the most underrated character in the history of cinema. And even in that movie, because people love Spicoli. Damone is fantastic. They, like One of my favorite lines in that movie is when he's talking uh, to Rat. And he go, Rat goes, you know, I think I'm in love. And he goes, uh, look. It's going to be like last summer. You met that girl at the photo mat. You bought $40 worth of effing film, and you never even talked to her. You don't even own a camera. Like, Damone is one of the great cinema characters that doesn't get enough play. Or the scene when he's hooking up with uh, Stacy in the pool house. Yeah. That's, that's under. I mean, she ain't as hot as, uh, as uh, Phoebe Cates, but who was in 1982? Not too many. Phoebe Cates was in a movie called Private School, I think. Phoebe Cates was fantastic in the early 80s. And Damone, well, remember can, remember when Damone's trying to sell the chick on buying, um, oh, who is it? Uh, cheap Trick Tickets. Cheap Trick Tickets, yeah. He's like, you your know, mommy's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Your daddy did just seem a little with surrender. And, like, it's great. He's a great hustler. He's fantastic. He hangs outside the, uh, you know, uh, the, the the movie theater where Rat works. It's a great, it's a great movie. Uh, first of all, it's one of the great movies. And Damone is one of the most underrated characters in cinema history. Yeah, and he actually is one of, uh, I mean, he got the girl briefly. And his name is Robert Romanus is his actual name. And uh, he did not age well. 
And uh, he did briefly get the girl, but then, of course, they all turned on him and called him a little prick, right? Oh, whoa, what, whoa, oh whoa. we can't say that? Oh. I don't think we can say that, oh. no. Whoops. Well, run! I did not know that. Yeah. Run! Run! Like, you know when you put a, a needle in someone's finger mm. is what I meant. Yeah, I, I just... A pickle rick is what I like to call it. <laughs> That's what I called it. All right. So, basically, what it comes down to is this will be my last appearance on the Blitz. <laughs> so, uh, it, it's been fun. We'll have a blessed uh, one. Don't, don't be so dramatic. I got dumped twice last week, so you got a ways to go. All right. Quick break. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Josh Innes filling in for A.J. today. Hey, let's, let's squeeze in a call. See you. Uh, I think uh, Shannon wants to get in on your Taysom Lamar comment. What's up, Shannon? Sports. What's up, guys? Who dat, Josh? Who dat? All right. A uh, couple comments on the Lamar Jackson Taysom Hill comparison. One, easy. Taysom delivers a hit. Lamar avoids it. But more importantly, going back to last segment on looks. My goodness, have you seen Lamar Jackson and compare him? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill Taysom is pretty Hill much an good, Adonis. He's an Adonis. He's There's a no good, doubt. He's a good looking man. He's a good looking man. Now, the NFL does have some uglies. We got Julio Jones with the Atlanta Falcons. Well, he's, he's up there. Julio but, Jones looks like Terrence right, Trent. Now, Darby. wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, the attractiveness only applies to quarterbacks, it doesn't apply to any other position. Okay, well, we got a newcomer coming in next year, Trevor Lawrence. He could be at the top of the list. Oh no, he's not an attractive. No, Trevor Lawrence. He, has, he, he has, looks like sissy space. No, he's got he's got glorious hair, but he is not an attractive man. No, he looks like coal miner's daughter. Uh, he 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 looks like uh, you know the the guy who would only get laid because he was really good surfer. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, I, I mean, mean you got to use what you can to get laid. Nothing, no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. But no, not a handsome man. So I asked you this a second ago during the break, and because um, I talked about it on my show today, I got a time hop or whatever, a memory on my Facebook page, and it was a video I posted December 11th, 2011. And that day is a red-letter date in history, Doc Brown, and it's a red-letter date because it was the day the Texans clinched their first playoff spot. They played the Bengals. This was in Cincinnati, and T.J. Yates delivered a touchdown pass, I believe, to Kevin Walter, and they clinched their first playoff spot. And this video resonated with me because, like, hundreds of people were in this bar going crazy. And remember, they had, that Yates was their third-string quarterback. I mean, it was, a, it was a nice time. And people were into it. And they were into it the next year up until the Letterman Jackets. They were all into it. Like, would you agree that at that point, that is the height of Texans hysteria, right? Like, those two years were as good as the fandom ever was. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... And honestly, the loudest I ever heard that place was uh, JJ's interception return against, against the, Bengals. the Bengals. And yeah. and so yeah, I, that that was kind of the that was the pinnacle. I think it all ended with when Matt Schaub got hurt the one year that they might have had a chance. 
Well, he was healthy. No, he, they, he got hurt that same year, right? Well, he got hurt the year they were off to, like, the whatever it was. Yeah, yeah and that was the first year they made the playoffs. Schaub, I think they were 7-3. and three. Schaub got hurt on a quarterback sneak out of the end zone. Do you remember that one against Tampa? And he had a Liz Franck, and that was 11. And that's why Yates ended up coming in because what's his name? The, the USC guy was the follow-up. And he's Matt, stu- Leinert. Matt Leinert. Matt Leinert, yeah. So Leinert stunk. Or he got hurt. Leinert no, got he hurt. got hurt. The, like, he got the hurt second the, play yeah, the, yeah, he, of, the he, game, he, of the first game he was starting. So, and then the reason why uh, the, 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 the Shaw was out the rest of the time is because of that. And then TJ gets him to the playoffs. They beat the Bengals. Should have, arguably should have beaten Baltimore that year in the playoffs. Jacoby Jones drops a, a punt. Well, and, that, and that was that was the year there that they, if they were ever going to do anything. But then the next year they go twelve and four and they lose against the Patriots in the playoffs. But those two years, you can and th- that was the height of Texans football and fandom. What has happened since two thousand eleven, where people, hundreds of people are at a bar cheering, to now where I, if you polled twenty people on the street right now, most of them wouldn't know who the Texans play this weekend. What's happening? Because you've been around here for a long time. What has happened in, since 2011 to 2020? What is the biggest reason why Texans football has nobody's attention anymore? Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, in Kubiak, Kubiak was a likable dude. And yeah, that, that was something that made it easy for the fan base. But then you start getting into, then, then of course they go two and 14 and he, he, he strokes out and, you know, it's like, oh, you, you got to make a change. I, I just think the whole culture changed when they brought in Bill O'Brien and people kept trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But when you bring in a little Napoleon, and he's a tiny guy, let, let's face it. I mean, he, th- this is a guy who clearly has small man syndrome, really small penis. And, you know, when you have that kind of guy trying to take over the whole operation and stabbing people in the back and just being completely unlikable in every phase of his existence... That, that's going to turn people off. And then I think you have some of the ancillary things. I think there are people who were bothered by um, by the protests, especially this year, and kneeling and things like that. I think there's some fans who d- haven't gone back for that. I don't think that's the sole I think it's just a reason. But but you would agree that the city doesn't care about the Texans right now. Like, it's it's the lowest. I'd argue right now is the lowest in the 20-year history of the franchise. This is the lowest interest level there's ever been. Uh, I'm not going to go there. I think uh, the two and fourteen season, when uh, when Kubiak had his, I guess, well, I guess people were still they were still in because they hadn't hired O'Brien yet. No, but and they, I think people were even excited when O'Brien. Got nah, I, I I don't know about excited. I think they were hopeful. And they ain't hopeful now. That <laughs> no one's hopeful at all anymore. No, man. but I, I I think the whole thing ended. The whole love affair ended. When he traded DeAndre Hopkins, that that anybody who still was willing to love this team, pretty much had to say, you know what, this is garbage, and and I think that's, but but you know what, if they hire somebody likable, everybody goes back. That's just how the city is. And if they win, uh, winning's important because you go back and even though you look back at the most beloved figures in sports historically here, football wise. None of them won anything because no one's won a Super Bowl. But Earl Campbell is probably the most beloved football player ever here. You could argue he and probably Watt. Those are probably the two most beloved figures football-wise historically here. People love Andre Johnson. Didn't win anything. People love uh, Dan Pastorini. Didn't win anything. They love Warren Moon. Didn't win anything because the city's never won a Super Bowl. So maybe it's not about winning, but it's it's more about 
people feeling like you have a shot. Though you you know this better than I because you were here. Late eighties, early nineties Oilers, there were years where you felt like, hey, they have a shot. The Texans, when they go nine and seven under Bill O'Brien, you knew they didn't have a shot. They were eleven and five, they didn't have a shot. They never did. None of these teams Bill O'Brien has coached ever had a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl. At least one of those teams, when you covered the uh, Houston sports in the late 80s, early 90s, one of those Warren Moon teams you have to look back at and go, they have a shot. And they should have been in the uh, in the AFC Championship, right? Or the, at least the division yeah, yeah, although I, I got to say it was a very similar type feeling. I mean, it's almost like a, an Atlanta Braves type feeling. Like they're going to make the playoffs every year, but you're always skeptical that they're going to be able to do anything in the playoffs. And then when the Buffalo collapsed ha- happened, which, by the way, was a wild card game. It said they weren't Correct. they weren't guaranteed to go anywhere, uh, I- even if they win that. Well, they lost to Joe Montana in the divisional round, right? That was in the next 93? year, yeah. That, and, and that was uh, that was a year that they started off like zero and four, and then wound up twelve and four, or something like that, and uh, played the Chiefs and got beat by Joe Montana. And it just, I, I, I think there was never a sense that. You felt like the Oilers were a Super Bowl contender. You hoped they were, but it is a lot like it was a lot like the Texans those two years under Kubiak. Like, boy, they're really good. I don't know if they're a real Super Bowl contender because um, was it closer to the Kubiak era or closer to the O'Brien era in terms of hey, you know they're going to get there, but they're not going to do anything. Well, was there more optimism when, for the Oilers in the late '80s, early '90s, or O'Brien? Not, not when Jerry Glanville was there. Jerry Glanville was basically the Bill O'Brien before Bill O'Brien, and uh, then they brought in Jack Pardee, who was beloved because what he did at UH, and he brought in the run and shoot. And I think that was more like the Kubiak era, and, and people were hopeful. Uh, but those teams, and they had great players, but those teams never—you never quite had the feeling they were going to be good enough to get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I didn't live that part of it like you did. But well, you O'Brien, weren't even born yet. So, well, I was yeah. slightly born. But the thing about the, the Texans under O'Brien, no year he's been the coach if I ever felt like they have a legitimate chance to do anything. They can win a division, and that's it. But if you go back to 11, like I didn't think they'd win the Super Bowl in 11, but the city was on fire for them in 2011, right? And in 2012, when they came out and were 9-1 to start, people were into it now people have argued that the letterman jackets was the death of the franchise maybe that was the moment because i was up in I, I went to new england for that monday night game the letterman jacket monday night game i'm sitting in the end zone and they get bludgeoned in that game and after that they never really bounced back as an organization i think that 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 was the same year they lost to the tanking colts at the end of the year too like they weren't very good but still i think this city the Astros have taken over the mantle. People are more into the Astros now than they were. But well, they, they won't be in two years when they go back to being irrelevant. Correct. When I moved here in 2009, nobody cared about the Astros and nobody cared about the Rockets. That's why the Texans, who in, in 2009, my t- 10 was my first full year here, they go 6-10, and 10, but they botched these games in epic fashion in 2010. There was a Hail Mary against Jacksonville. There was a whole bunch of – they started 4-2 and two and then finished 6-10. and 10. Yeah. But then they make it in 2011 and they're a fun team – at that point, the Astros hadn't even started the tank yet. They were still trying to get rid of Pence and get rid of Oswalt and these kind of guys. And then the Rockets were like 43 and 41 or 43 and 39 or whatever the number would be. So they weren't interested. Yeah, always the last team in the playoffs, basically. They, they, actually, they weren't. They, they didn't even make it. They were like number 10. They would be like the number 10 seed and not get in in that era. But, yeah, but the point is, so the Texans were the most interesting. The Astros have become the most interesting now. But I agree with you. In two years, when they're not a contender anymore, people won't be there. 
but it's just amazing to see how football was so big and people were so into it in 2011 and 12 to where we are now. And I agree with you that it's mostly O'Brien. O'Brien sucked the life out of the fan base in multiple ways. And it's going to take a lot to get people reinvested in it because it's not a franchise that's been around for 100 years that people are have their fandom ingrained in, right? Like it's a new team. So it's easy to forget about a new team. If you're in New York and the team's been around since the 40s or whatever it's been, that's different. If you're Pittsburgh, it's different. This team's 18 years old. It's easy to forget a team like that when they stink, and that's something they have to overcome. Yeah, although what what it comes down to is who's your favorite team when you're 12 years old. So really, you've got uh, the the kids that are growing up now. A lot of them are going to grow up in Cowboys households or Saints households. But there are kids that you should be getting now. You're not going to do it if you, you suck, though. I mean, they're not going to get interested. And I, I do think that this is going to be such a key hire. And I don't want to get into the Easterby stuff again. We spent too much time on that yesterday. But the, the Texans really need to clean house and bring in somebody, a, a new voice, uh, somebody that's going to get the fan base excited. But as excited as people were for that, that Bengals playoff game, it did not compare at all to the this is way before you were born. The uh, the Bum Phillips Love You Blue Oilers, who packed the Astrodome with seventy thousand people after losing in an AFC Championship game. Sure. Oh no, and, and, and I know, and, and that talked. that was the most, uh, it, and and that includes the Astros, that includes the Rockets title teams. I've never seen a city, uh, it, I've never seen this city more behind one team uh, than I than I was that one, and that was a long time ago. And, and and really, when you go back and just in my era of all of this, and I wasn't there for that, but I hung out with Barry Warner to hear enough stories about it to know how big it was. Savant. But when I look back in my time here, which has basically been a decade, outside of two years in Philadelphia, I've been here for a decade, people were into the Texans for basically two years, and then O'Brien sucked the life out of them. They've been into the Astros. That could go away. But how do they get it back? And the answer is winning, obviously. Just win games. That's and, it. But also That's get a guy it. that people want to root for. People yeah. don't want to root for O'Brien. People liked Kubiak because he was a local and he was a and and howdy. So, so they responded to that. He was like a, a lesser bum Phillips in a way, kind of a, a yokel, like a local dude that people gravitated towards. You got to have that, but you got to win. Winning's the biggest answer. If you win, people res- it resonates with people. So. Well, I, and I, I think... All they have to do is just get a guy in here who wins some games who's not a turd, and they'll get people excited again. But let's, uh, is that Kirk? Is that what that is? Yep. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Yeah, um, I just read a used to be article, and I actually. Whoops. Did we lose him? Yeah, I think we lost him there. Oh, well. They say he read some article, might have been the SI article. Yeah, and I, I'd actually I got questions for you about that as a reporter because I'm sure you've done in in your day did big exposés like that and had to talk to anonymous sources. I found that story interesting. I don't really care about the dirt because you're only going to get dirt in those stories because that's the angle of the story, and the only people who are going to talk are people who have dirt about the subject. So maybe we can get into that in a little bit as well. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Everywhere. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. 
You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Little late hits with uh, Jason Braddock and Jerry Bow tonight. Those guys did a great job last night. They'll be at it again tonight. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do this ad hoc jeweler's gem of the day. The gem of the day. It's the gem of the day. The ad hoc jeweler gem of the day. I have a Florida man story all for you. All right. Uh, and and it's one of those that you just read the headline and it probably you know usually I criticize people for not reading the actual stories. The headline kind of tells you everything you need to know on this one. All right. Florida man finds dead body in trash can he was storing at trailer park for a friend. Uh, well, that's a tough break, though. You think you're doing something nice. You know, I can understand why this is an issue. You're trying to do a nice thing for a friend, and what do you end up with? There's a dead body in it. Listen, if you ask me to keep an eye on your trash can at our trailer park, I'd, I'd do it. Is that what people do at trailer parks? Like, hey, Bubba, can you keep an eye on my trash can? Like, No one's ever come over to my house and been like, Hey, I got this trash can. Keep an eye on it. Well, he he was under the impression the trash can contained nothing more than some personal items. Because I I don't know about you, that's where I keep a lot of personal items is in a trash can. Yeah, well, that's where I would keep it, too. I mean, I will say, if the guys from Flying Rhino who live out by me ask me, hey, will you keep an eye on this trash can? I'm going to say yes, because it'll be empty by the time they get it back. Different trash can. Yeah. Different type. That one has delicious booze in it. This one had a dead body. I don't know, but like... Don't you want to look in the garbage can before you keep an eye? Because if anybody's asking you to look at a garbage can, you got to be thinking, I don't think something good is in here. If someone's like, hey, can you watch my dog for the week? You're like, okay, it's your dog. If someone's like, hey, I got a dumpster out here I need you to keep an eye on, like, I'm going to look in it before. I'm going to be like, listen, friend, I want to look in this and make sure there's not a dead body in this. Of course, there was a dead body in this. But uh, I think that's the way you should do these things. Well, apparently he was in possession of it for two months. Then he got curious because it started emanating a foul odor. I don't know if you've ever smelled a dead body, but it is a very distinctive smell. When have you smelled a dead body? Uh, A couple of times. Once most recently when I was living in an apartment over in the Meyerland area and there was an old lady who lived next door and she died. Oh, boy. And nobody knew for a couple of days. It's usually how it goes with these old ladies. Uh, yeah, well, that's what old people do. They die. They die, and no one knows. It's so sad. They just sit there and die. And, um, yeah, but you could, I mean, it, 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 it smells almost like sewage and egg. I mean, it's so hard to, and, and, and like, rotten egg. I mean, it's, it's hard so to did describe it, it. did it come through, like, the air vents yeah, in your oh, yeah, apartment? Yeah, you could, yeah. Well, and, that's, how, uh, that's how Dahmer got caught eventually, right? As people eventually were like, yeah. something smell right coming out of e1 over here can we take a look like there's no way to keep dead bodies from stinking i've never smelled one but according to you it's uh it's not a great odor no it's a very distinct odor and i i and i one other time the same thing happened i guess when i was in college somebody died and it took like a week to find them yeah and by then it was like oh you could walk outside and you're like oh so that's how that's when i first where was your where was the dude in college's dead body relative to where you were regularly? Uh, apartment complex i i listen i I lived in some pretty cheap apartment complexes back in the day, and sometimes Clearly. people got shot, and sometimes people just yeah, died. Sometimes people died, my cut. Maybe it was you. Maybe you're the problem. Like, that's two apartment complexes you've lived in that people have died. No one noticed, and there was an odor emanating throughout the building. 
It Maybe rubs, it's you. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it, it gets the hose again. Or else it gets the, don't you hurt my dog. Don't you make me hurt your dog. Don't hurt my dog. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I I don't know if a buddy of mine came over and said, just watch my garbage can. Like, I'd have to look. There's no, like, again, watch my yeah, dog. Yeah, why are you watch, asking me to watch your garbage can? That's the question. If someone asks you to watch a dog, that's one thing. If someone says, hey, I'm going to park my car at your house for a week. Can you give me a ride to the airport? When someone's like, hey, brother, I got a garbage can over here that I, I need you to keep an eye on. Well, I'm going to think something ain't right here. This isn't what I'm looking for. This is not it. This ain't it, Holmes. Yeah, this this is, ain't it. This is so Florida. It, it is. According to the sheriff's office, a resident of the Windmill Mobile Park called because he found something suspicious in another person's trash can. He'd been holding it for them at his carport. Uh, <laughs> Carport's but, another but, strong trailer but, park. Exactly. But when the person didn't show up for about two months... The man unsealed the trash can, believed to hold personal items, and quickly noticed a foul smell. Believed to hold purse, who puts personal items in a garbage can? No, no one ever uses. It. Now, maybe it's a solid move. Maybe you know you want to put things you want to keep in a garbage can, like your social be- security card, and yeah, your tax documents. Because people are like, he ain't gonna throw that away. So maybe that maybe that's the place to hide them. I don't know. Maybe it's the perfect thing to do. But in this case, you got this guy, and he never asked a question of his buddy. I get to my best friend in the world say, hey, come you know, keep my garbage can here. I'd say, well, what's in it? Why do you, like, why? It's a garbage can. What do you, like, you didn't ask any questions? None? There's an issue there, friends. We have a problem here is what we're dealing with. And uh, people are just too trusting. And you got to start being skeptical of your buddies. People are far too trusting. They read these chicken soup for the soul books, and they get all emotional and they want to be friends, and they want to, and they want to trust their friends unconditionally. You can't do it. Your friend probably has a dead body in that garbage can. What are you gonna do? Mm. You gotta say, you gotta. Listen, doesn't make you any less of a friend. It's like signing a prenup with a lady. Hey, you love the lady, but you gotta say maybe you gotta turn it around on them. You say, but I'm gonna love you forever. You may stop loving me at some point. I just want to know that I'm protected here. Like it sucks to ask that question because it hurts the love affair, maybe. But just like that same scenario. When your buddy brings over a garbage can, you have to ask him, is there a dead body in this garbage can? Like, it's your obligation to do that. I think this guy should go to jail, too, for being stupid. He's obviously not serving any purpose to society. He's doing nothing good for anyone. Take him to jail. Well, frankly, I think his story stinks. Oh, it's sketchy. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a little sketchy. So you think that he was in on it? Yeah. And he I, eventually dimed his boy out. Well, yeah, because I think he figured out, you know what? I can't hide this forever, and somebody's going to figure it out, so let me go to this excuse. And by the way, here's my friend. Go find him. I think he's in Key West, <laughs> or maybe he's, he's in Destin. Go find hey, You know what? Let me give you his address. Uh, I'm sure you can find him here, but that's my buddy. He killed this person. I didn't know what was in this garbage can. I had no clue, but uh, that must have been my friend. He's a real murderer. What a horrible human he is. Quite the shame. Yep. All right, that was your Sad Dog Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the Gym of the Day. The Sad Dog Jeweler Gym of the Day. All right, little my bookie time. I heard you talking about your in-game wagers last night. I love in-game betting. Uh, I, I do too, especially if uh, there's a team that I, you know, it's like a big favorite early and they get behind and all of a sudden you get a better line i've done that with tulsa almost every game this year you love tulsa you're living on tulsa time. I, I'm, I'm doing the tulsa the, the tulsa uh in-game betting when they get down 14 to nothing now this week they didn't so 
and, and I think if they get down 14 to nothing to Cincinnati, it's not going to be pleasant. Probably not. But, uh, guys, you can bet all this on my bookie. We got championship games next week. You still got a full slate this week of college football. You got NFL. And uh, not only that, soccer. You're going to hear Jerry Bo talking later Dude, tonight. Dude, I won big on MLS the other day. My boys, the Seattle Sound- Sounders, rallied with three goals in the last, like, 15 minutes of the game. I rule at soccer betting. <laughs> what do you want to know? I am Mr. MLS. I am 1-0, and I got lucky in that one. Well, the, you've got the MLS championship coming up. Plus, you got Premier League, Champions League, all that's happening. All on my bookie and our promo code radio. They're going to match your first deposit 50%. MyBookie.ag. You bet you win. They pay. My bookie. ESPN 97 5